Dr. Richard Mills, and you are listening to Talk Sex with Dick. So today, we have a bunch of stuff to go over, and just kind of to talk. Uh, I had been in Los Angeles over the holiday, over the Christmas holiday break, and... I was just so busy, so many things going on that I just needed to take a step back. And some people have been messaging me saying, when are you putting up a new episode? So, yeah, no, this is uh, super exciting. I did some really great interviews when I was in Los Angeles. Um, Yeah, so I interviewed the... uh, the co-creator and executive producer, Shant Tartarjian, and he, we interviewed about the show Legendary, so there's stuff coming out now about that show, and it is really, really, really exciting, so yeah, so that's what I've been up to, so I'm sorry I haven't had time to release an episode, but that's okay. So today, you know, as you notice, I generally do one episode with a guest and one episode with me answering questions. So yeah, this is really, really exciting. So I am very excited. So this episode, first, the segment is What's going on in my gay world? So, January 25th was, well, the 26th of January was my birthday. And I am celebrate my, celebrated my 39th. And it was absolutely fabulous. We had a princess party inspired themed sleepover and it's a lot of fun um friends came over we had just a great time watched the little mermaid but i fell asleep during that which is okay i'm just as i'm getting older going into my 40s i'm starting to understand that you just can't stay up past midnight and that's okay Sorry, I'm drinking some coffee. So we had this wonderful party. We decorated, you know, we got all the major princesses. It was fun. Everybody came over. We played some games. And I was going to do an episode where my friends could talk just about how wonderful I am. This is a little narcissistic, but we had a great time, and it was a good time hanging out with everybody that was um, that came over. And so I want to thank all my friends, and it was really, really fun. So, you know, when I was young, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And so as an adult, last year was uh, Unicorns and Rainbows, and that was a lot of fun. And this year was... Princess Party featuring The Little Mermaid because I love The Little Mermaid, so... And we... I made little bags with, you know, when you were a kid, you would get those little bags with candies and, you know, little trinkets, so... 
everybody took their bag home and it was a lot of fun. So we had a great time. The next thing, something that is interesting, which it's something to talk about, um, not necessarily sex related. So there's a train passing by because I'm doing this episode in my lovely apartment and my overview of Astoria hopefully to move eventually soon but New York City has recently um, made it a policy that brokers can no longer charge fees um, which is amazing so kind of to break it down moving into an apartment so when I was living in Indianapolis, you would just pay a month's rent as security and you would generally, or the first month's last month's rent. So rent, when I was living in a 2,000 square foot apartment in downtown Indianapolis, I, it was 1,200 and that was split between two people. And um, that wasn't that bad. But coming to New York, you have to pay, well, you did, first month's security deposit, which is a month's rent, and the landlord could ask for a last month's rent. If your credit isn't a 700, which is a really good credit score, even like a, the sixes is good, but if it wasn't a 700, they could ask for another month's rent. And you would have to pay a broker's fee. So first months, if you're, let's just give the scenario of $2,000 a month in rent that you're paying, you're paying first months, last months, security, okay? And then you're paying a broker's fee. So that's about $8,000 that people are spending on to move into an apartment. And what the broker does is they bring you in, they give some story, every apartment is pre-war. And, uh, you know, looking at the, what is it, the molding, right? And they would say, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. And so to get into this apartment, you're going to have to pay 15% of the annual rent fee, which is one month's rent. So you're paying this fee. It's a really big issue for renters because in the past, it's never been in the hands of the renters. It's always been in the hands of the brokers and the people who are um, the people who are controlling the environment. You know, it's a rent is astronomical. So I'm open about it. I pay about twenty five hundred dollars for a one bedroom apartment in Astoria, which, you know, I'm close to the train to get into the city. It's about four stops into the city in Queens, Astoria in Queens. But that's a lot of money. And most, you know, it's not like you can afford to rent an apartment on your own. It can get really, really expensive. And so, you know, $15 an hour, you know, it sounds like a lot if you're making minimum wage, but if you're not making, you know, $80,000, $90,000 a year, even on that income, you know, it's expensive. So you have to choose between 
paying for rent or paying for student loans because you probably took out student loans because your family couldn't afford to pay for school. Um, and there's all these other things that you have to have food. And so now it is basically all they can ask for is first month's and security deposit. And the application fees used to be $100. So if you were applying for five apartments, you would be paying $500 in application fees on top of broker's fees. So I am really happy because we have a homeless issue here in New York City. And it's really, really important that people have housing. And so... You know, even, you know, it's just so expensive. It's so expensive. So I'm just really excited that, you know, we are supporting the people who live here. This is why it's important to vote in your local elections, because the people that are, you know, in Congress, Congress folks, we don't say men or women, or, you know, senators, they need to be working for you. And as we see right now, it's not really, you know, this is a big win. So I said after the 2016 election that I would vote in every election. And even if in New York, my presidential vote does not matter because New York is a blue state, vote, I'm going to keep the people accountable, you know, and that's why it's important to really understand those questions on back of the ballots, you know, if you're going to vote. So I'm really excited. I'm currently looking for an apartment in house kitchen, estimatedly the same cost of what I'm paying here. But I know and when I go to look at that apartment, I am not going to be charged a broker's fee. You know, one of the things is that we see higher levels of homelessness amongst minorities, people of color, and specifically gay youth, right? And we need to make sure that we provide people, you know, we provide them a path forward. And that's why it's important. Now, the brokers and the, you know, the, the property owners are not really happy about this. And the reason that they're not happy about this is because it now takes the it, it takes the power away from them. So there has been arguments that rent will just increase and raise. And the you know, what was a two thousand dollar apartment will now be a twenty seven hundred dollar apartment, you know. So we really need to make sure that we're making it affordable so that people can live here and live out their dream and not have to spend 50% of their take-home income on rent. So I am really excited. Um, that's good news. You know, again, make sure you vote in not only the presidential elections, but also the local elections and for your senators and Congress folks. So it's really important. We need to make sure, because there's so many policies that are being implemented right now and there's things that are trying to be passed and we need to hold the people that we are voting for accountable and i'm hoping through this situation that we're seeing right now with the impeachment right he will always be impeached but he was acquitted and 
because of the fact that you have an uneven balance of power, and it's really important that we're voting and keeping those people those people accountable because, you know, as they say, no one is above the law, but it may appear that that is not the case with the outcome. So, you know, it takes you and I to change a village. So it's exciting. So I was out celebrating one of my girlfriend's birthdays yesterday. It's so funny. So if you want to listen Almost, I call her almost Dr. Asa Scott, because she's an ABT, all but dissertation from episode four. You can check out that episode. But one of the things is, is I have tried to tell her, you know, we went and had a nice brunch, and it was amazing at Root and Bone on the Lower East Side. And I was in this bookstore, and I couldn't find... I was trying to get the book, but they were having a book club meeting, so I couldn't get it. But I was looking for this book called The Body Keeps Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. And I would encourage you to pick this up. And I've really started, I've seen it before, and dealing with trauma, it really makes a lot of sense. So... You know, our body does keep score, but I went over this place, I don't know, this place across from Root and Bone, and they, um, it's like, you can go have a beverage, a coffee, an alcoholic, an adult beverage, some coffee, or you can, and you can buy and read books, so that's really exciting, it's the, called the book club i think on the lower east side across from root and bone and it was it was really nice so then i went and got my book at the other bookstore and uh we were on our way so we had brunch and then after brunch we wanted to go to the champagne bar which you know asa's always trying to almost doctor asa scott is trying to get us in to do this after we went to this first the speak easy and it just smelled like body odor and it was like oh so we went and you know i thought being who i am that i'd be able to get into the cl- get us into this well it wasn't like a club you know it was like four you know five in the afternoon but Sometimes, even though who you are, you just can't, uh, you can't go to the, the, the club. It's called, uh, well, I won't give the name of it, but we went next door. We had desserts and some wine and it was absolutely lovely. And, you know, I met some new friends and I'm hoping to get Gabby on the show. You know, she does a lot of, uh, she works in the TV industry and so, it's really exciting and just to talk about her work and what she does. So this is uh, really exciting. So it's okay if you can't get in the club because sometimes you need to make a reservation and hopefully almost Dr. Scott from episode four, next time we're out that you will uh, make that reservation because this is the second time that we have went through that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to pass I'm going to change that idea next time it happens or say, girl, did you make that reservation? If she says she did not, 
we are going to move on to the next store where the folks were. It was pretty amazing. We had really great service, and I don't remember the name of the place, but it was next door from the place that we went. Okay, so listeners, I know I am behind, and I try to pick four questions that um, are good, and not necessarily good, but try to theme them together, but it's, you know, here's where we at, where we are at. So, the first one that I have is from, mm-hmm, is from a woman out of Des Moines. Okay. And she says, Dr. Dick, my partner and I recently found out that we can't have children. This is devastating. I always thought that I would be a mother, and then I found out that my genetics have played a cruel joke on me. My eggs are bad. I thought about asking my sister to donate one of her eggs, but I don't think that she'll be for it. If this isn't an option, I'm worried that I will never be a mother. He will never be a father. And we will never be parents. Any advice you have is greatly appreciated. Unable to have children in Des Moines. Okay, unable to have children. You know, it's, it is sad. It is sad when we find out that there's like this piece. Well, let's just address that attachment. We have an attachment to having children. And there's this, uh, it's about like spreading our, spreading our genes and having our legacies move forward. And there's lots of people that can't have children. And it's sad. But, you know, what, what can we do? I would encourage you, there can be a lot of grief and uh, that's associated with this experience. And there can be things that I know it's quick to try to find a solution in a situation like that. But sometimes it's, we need to process the grief in our experiences. And, you know, there are reasons, you know, specifically people are really weird about giving up their eggs and that could put a, unless your sister is willing to do it, it may, uh, there may be some thing here that it could create a tension between you two. You know, there's a number of things that could happen. So first, I, w- I want us to check in with that grief and that loss of that idea. You know, I work with people that come into my office and sometimes they do struggle with issues of fertility. And as I work with them, we really have to be present and acknowledge what it is that we're feeling and not try to move too quick to resolve the issue. But sometimes it's just important to acknowledge what we're going through. 
and I'm sorry that this is painful for you. And I'm sorry that you're going through this right now in your life. So first, my first, uh, and I, I don't like the word guidance. I like the word, or I don't like the word advice, not giving advice. But to guide you in to this discussion, my, my guidance is that you work through this with your husband to realize that if this is recent, as you said it was, that you're able to sit and just kind of say, okay, so this is what I'm experiencing. And to deal with that grief and just allow yourself to be present in the moment to understand that grief is a process and that you are going through this process and just to be present for yourself. Because if we're not and we try to move quickly, sometimes we can find ourselves experiencing an inability to move forward. This is also, it's, it's not the easy stuff that we deal with. It's sometimes it's the most difficult things that really strengthen a relationship, whether it be an affair, you know, whether it be the loss of a dream, a loss of a job. Sometimes when we go through this, and if we can, it's, it's all about how we go through this together, you know, and, and I listened to this podcast by the woman, Lucy Holm, who had lost her daughter. And one of the things that, um, she said is it's the people who walk the mile with you. And so I would encourage you, um, as you're doing this to think about, um, the grief, but also to know there's so many other options out there. Um, we have a fertility clinic here in New York, and maybe just seek a second opinion. Uh, if the doctor, if you're 100% sure that you are experiencing the barriers of infertility, that just to be, to think of the other options. You know, I always said, to have children, because eventually I want to have children in the, you know, near near future, not tomorrow, not next year, but, and I've always said, you know, there's all those children out there that, uh, that need homes, and, you know, maybe the appointment, I always say this, it's like we have this appointment in life, and, uh, Maybe this appointment is with this little human that you haven't met. And to think about, there's plenty of kids, you know, that need homes. And sometimes they're in foster care. And they could use a really loving parents. And it sounds like you are very loving and you're going through a hard time. So just know there's other options and when life hands you lemons as i've said recently you make a lemon martini or whatever you're in, a lemon coke i don't know if that's tasty or not but you know it's important to know that sometimes we do struggle and when we go through things it's nice to know that we are sitting in a space that allows us to move forward in our life path. So for you, just because you're not able to have maybe 
biological children, there's also other options out there. So I would encourage you to find maybe a therapist that can uh, work with you on, on issues surrounding this idea of what it means for you and to move forward. The next question that I have is somebody who says, um, Dr. Dick, my mom, my mother and father have been married for the past 30 years, and I was using my dad's computer when I was over at their house, and I noticed there was an internet search history of s some shocking websites. After pressing and prying, they told me that they, they're swingers. This is really confusing to me, as my parents are the conservative type. I want them to stop doing this. Am I overreacting about this? What should I do to help them stop this behavior? Concerned child in Maine. Well, here's the thing. It sounds like this is really a values issue. And while it may feel really shocking, this really could be your own value system that's talking. And while it may be difficult, we shouldn't make assumptions that, you know, as long as I say to my clients, as long as it's safe, consensual, and fun, and everyone is in agreement that, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, the behavior. As long as it's consensual adults that are aware of what's happening. And my guess is that either this isn't something that's recently been going on, or it could be. Your parents could be trying to explore a newness of an alternative relationship structure, which is cool. But it really is maybe this could have been going on for a really long time. And I think it's important before we make assumptions to sit down and really just try to listen. You know, oftentimes, even as, um, and in this book, The Body Keeps Score, even though I know this isn't related to trauma, the author talks about our patients are our best textbook. They're the ones that teach us. And I would encourage you, if this is your, you know, Allow your parents to teach you and and try if you really want to know. But it also may be that you need to kind of just allow your parents to be those people that they are and just respect that regardless of your opinion about it, they didn't ask for your opinion. Maybe your dad knew that when you were looking on his computer, it was an, a way to have this conversation. You know, we, we don't have the power to make those decisions for people. But, you, you know, swingers come in all types of formats, shapes and sizes. You know, I think it can be easy for us to, to make assumptions about people in their lives. And so I would encourage you to just seek out knowledge because this is what will be very important for you as you're 
moving forward in your life. So concerned child in Maine, again, asking questions, being a listener, being present for ourselves and also for the people around us, you know, people have a story and it's important that we listen before we make, we never know what, what the, um, what is going on behind that. And as somebody said, when you make an assumption, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Okay. The next listener who had written in says, um, Richard, I'm gay and have been out since college. And my dream is to one day own a home, have children and a dog. I know this sounds like the gay cliche. I love dating, but would eventually love to find my husband but I'm finding there is an issue. I'm a devout Christian. I love my faith, going to church, but find the guys I date don't share the same faith. In the Bible, it says that I should be, I shouldn't be unequally yoked, but I feel like if I live under that standard, I'm never going to build or find my future husband. And I would like your thoughts on this. Unable to find love in Louisiana. Well, I love Louisiana. You know, it's a great place. And I'm sure there is somebody out there that will love you. And it sounds like really what it is is to accept to it's about accepting self and to realize so there's a couple options right let's talk about the options the first is is that you can continue to go on dates and you can continue to make the assumption that um you're never going to find the the man of your dreams your future husband in louisiana and you can do that, and it will probably, you're going to see the same results. And that's going to be, you like them, you see them, they're great, and then all of a sudden, you find yourself in, a, in the situation where you are, where you, um, where, where you're going to find something wrong. And this is, sounds like this is a really important issue for you. This is a very important core of who you are. And you can be gay and be Christian. You can be gay and be Muslim. You can be gay and be Buddhist. You can be gay and be an atheist. I mean, you know, I think the bigger thing is, is the, there's the train. Sorry. It's just going by. It's a little loud, you know, you think with this money that I'm paying in this apartment that, uh, would have a second room to do this podcast, but I don't. I'm doing it in the living room with Bob Noodle the cat and Al. Bob Noodle, he's sleeping. He's watching me. So we, sorry, I digress. So the thing is, is that um, you can go, this is very important for you. And you know what? It, it's very important to me. 
and uh, I'll share this because I feel like it's relevant. I struggled, and this was the biggest piece of it, was finding somebody who shared the same faith. You know, and my faith is a big part of my life. I I feel that it's important that, and I would find people, hold on just a second, <coughs> and I would date guys, and I dated somebody who was very mean about it. They would make fun of me for it, and it was not fair. And needless to say, that didn't work out. And I had, was in relationships with people who, um, they respected it, but they were never open to being the part of that part of my life. Like they didn't, their, their experience with faith was very different. And what I found is that I had to come to terms with my own experiences. My own experience is, is that my faith is very important to me. And the most important thing is that I understand is that I don't have to be with somebody who doesn't share the same faith. And I don't know, it sounds like there's a fear here for you about faith. And that makes us look really judgmental. If we assume that if somebody doesn't believe the way that we do, that, you know, they're, they, they're kind of lacking. And I used to hold kind of this belief. And it was really hard, especially when dating. But eventually I found somebody who, they don't share the, you know, we share the same faith, but their experience is very different. And I think that's where we just have to let the Lord do the work. You know, it's like somebody would say, and let's just take it from a broader perspective, people that will say, you know, you're gay and you can't be gay and be a Christian. Well, we know that that's not true. And it sounds really judgmental. And if we just worry about our own faith and we live by the principles of our faith and we provide love and we provide acceptance to other people, then you know what? And they respect us, then that we can't worry about other people's faith. And you know, this may be a thing as you get older, you'll, you, it may change, but also you may be in a situation where you just feel like this is so big for you. So, I would encourage you, there's also places, you know, there are LGBT churches. I'm not sure where in Louisiana you are located, but I'm sure there are churches out there. But, you know, sometimes we find um, those messages about being unequally yoked, you know, um, less, the, you could, there are people that share the same faith and they do not agree on other aspects of life. And so I would much rather, you know, it's very interesting. When I was in college, I met this woman and uh, she played Tori Amos. And we met at a Christian music festival at Cornerstone. And I met all these people from Michigan up there. And, you know, uh, she was a devout she still is a devout woman of the Lord, and uh, her, her name, uh, Laura, love her. 
And, uh, you know, she married an atheist. She, and, and I was like, how does that work? Like, you know, how does that work? And she said, you know what? It's one of the best relationships that I've ever had. And they have a child together and he respects her faith and he doesn't, he doesn't believe in God. And that's okay if we worry about ourselves and we just focus on what are we bringing into the relationship, then, you know, that's the most important thing. So, um, you know, it is something that we can really struggle with when we're trying to find peace, especially, but I think we have to look at the bigger picture about our happiness, you know? So, I mean, some people believed once saved, always saved. Some people believe you can lose your salvation. I mean, my God, like, it's very confusing. But I think the thing is, is what are you bringing intentionally into your relationship? And I'm excited for you. And I think that, you know, I would find an LGBT therapist that a therapist who focuses on LGBT issues in addition to issues of faith, you know, and not all people hold the same belief, but you can still hold your belief and stand by your convictions and not have to compromise on them, you know, and that is perfectly okay. But the person you meet, they're going to love you and they're going to say, I respect this part of you. Mm -hmm. So that's, that is my guidance on that situation. Okay, so I have one more. I'm looking through here. I have one more. And uh, the listener from uh, New Jersey. Love New Jersey. Been over there. Been, been to some New Jersey. I've been to a place called Maplewood, New Jersey. Love it. It's like, um, it's, it's amazing if I, you know, but the property taxes is, are really high, but it's a cute little, just take the train, um, the New Jersey transit to Maplewood, go have lunch over there. It's so cute. But somebody writes in, Richard, I've become a real fan of this podcast. Thank you. And I find myself relating to the questions from listeners and absolutely love the special guest. I tell my friends about the podcast. Thank you. As I believe the information is helpful. I believe that I have a story I want to share, but I don't know if I have the courage to tell it. How would I go about coming on the show? Your biggest fan in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. First off, thank you. You know, as we listen, Jersey is one of my rising listeners, one of my rising groups. I'm j- I was just looking at this the other day, um, and I'm just, you know, um, if I look in the United States, um, my listeners, I'm just like looking through here. I've got, you know, over 300 listeners. And New York, California, and about 150 consistent listeners. Indiana, I'm little, you are third. Indiana has come in third place. 
you know, and so on and so forth. In New Jersey, I have about 34 listeners. And I just, you know, it's important if we look at the world chart. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just look at the world, you know, United States. You guys are my supporters. Um, Australia, you are second in the lead here. And then the UK and Canada, Germany, Spain, Ireland, Austria. Mm, I need to go visit these places. Denmark, New Zealand, Italy, Yemen. Yemen. Oh, we have a few listeners and about five of you guys. And I'm just going through the. I mean, Argentina and the United it's an Arabic country two listeners over there so on and so forth this is great and then others I don't know what that is but in Egypt all over the world I just want to thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening it's so it's this is God thank you everyone that is listening and to my friend out in New Jersey, you know, I, if you want to come on the show, you just let me know. And we'll arrange a time for you to come on the show when I am looking for guests to come on my show. And they have a story. I want to hear that story. And, you know, this is a sexuality-related podcast, but, you know, we don't have to talk about sex, but I like to ring some sex in there because I think it's important. Sexuality is such an important part of who we are as people, as beings, and a part of our culture. You know, I believe that we have a story to tell, you know? As I always say, there's a story there, you know, from weddings to divorces to, you know, um, even the harder things. And so if you want to be a guest on this show, you just let me know and we will arrange a time for you to come on and we'll just talk, you know, uh, I'm, I'm mobile so I can move this operation around New York. If you're close to the city, Shoot, I may even come to New come to New Jersey. When I was in Maplewood, I was like, my God, I've never even, you know. Sometimes we just become so obsessed with living in New York City. You know, I've been here for seven years, and it was like two years since I left the you know left to go when I was in California. It was like a year and a half. And I, you know, sometimes we just need to get out of our surroundings so we can have lunch and record. And, you know, if you have a story you want to share, I'm more than happy to listen to that story. And just, it's, it's an amazing time. So, hmm, yeah, that's, that is where we are today. And so... To all the listeners out there, I just, I want to thank you again, you know, for all the support. The more you tell your friends, the more you tell the people out there, the more likely it is that we will eventually the, get a sponsor. We can get some 
you know, some music, but I don't know, you know, that's why it's important to support local, I don't know if you call this radio or whatever it is, but it's really important. If you have show ideas, you want to be on the show or you would like, I'm still looking for two things, a sex worker and a, um, and a phone sex operator, but haven't gotten any bites. So, um, yeah. So, so if you want to come on the show, you just let me know and, uh, or you have an idea for a show, but I really love doing this. And the more you listen, the more you share, it's located on any podcast, Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, all those major distributors, but the more, the more that you help, the more that we can get, you know, we can run this as an operating, we can get an office that where train isn't going by, but yeah. So next week I have a, many of the pre-recorded episodes or episodes that I recorded a few months ago. And, uh, I am going to be having uh, the advocate Damien on next week's episode and I'm going, we talk about prep and we talk about how, you know, the stigma of HIV and just the, how, how prep plays out in our culture. Uh, and it's a preventative um, to prevent exposure to HIV and how he's a part of a group that has, you know, 50, 60,000 followers. Um, and I've, I'm in that group. Uh, I am a supporter and an advocate of, of prep. And yeah, so I'm really excited to have that show air next week. Um, so yeah. So again, follow me on Instagram at Lake L A I K E rising therapy. Again, that's Lake L A I K L A I K E rising therapy. Or you can send me an email at richard.mills, M as in Matthew, I-L-L-S as in Sam, at lakerisingtherapy.com. So, all right, guys. Well, you have a good week. I'm going to start posting this probably today's Sunday, so maybe I'll post this up on tomorrow or give you guys an early early episode release so it just works with my schedule to release it early in the week then a friday because then i get overwhelmed with all the things that i have to do so all right well until next time take care of the ones that you love you know uh just a quick little story there was a woman who came up and asked for yesterday asked for some money uh she was you know without residence i'm assuming and um we had given her you know the food though you know it hadn't been touched but it was you know food that we were probably going to go put in our refrigerator and might not have eaten and the woman i you know she ran ran off with that and i went down i was on at West 4th Street, and I ran down the train, and and uh, she had that little brown paper bag, and she was carrying it with the one that we had given her, so 
an act of kindness can go a long way. We don't know anybody's stories and we don't know where they've come from. So it's important that we love even those who seem like they're not as lovable because maybe what they're doing is they're protecting. Again, my book recommendation coming up is uh, The Body Keeps Score uh, by Bessel van der Kolk and uh, Dr. Kolk. So, all right. Well, until next time, you have been listening to Talk Sex with Dick, and I am signing out for today. Take care. Bye.